Well, hello everybody. It's June 6th, 2021. I'm Rich Poland. And this is Stacey Ham. And today this is the seventh weekly episode of our Ryder Cup podcast, a memorial tournament uh, version. Yeah, what a day. And uh, what we're a gonna weekend. Have, we're going to have our, our first official guest on. If anybody was listening last week, my, my mother was on the podcast yeah. last week, but only very briefly. But today we have a, a special, special treat. We have... Uh, Former almost Harvard golf player Bill Davinsky, who's going to come on and, and talk about uh, Ryder Cup courses, about about potential Ryder Cup courses. I love it. Um, but before, we want to remind everybody that we come to you on the uh, off the Anchor platform. Uh, we all love podcasts, and, and just came up with uh, the decision. We love the Ryder Cup that we would talk about the Ryder Cup. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I'm getting really excited, Rich, about the Ryder Cup coming up in Wisconsin. You know, I, I, I told you I called the Ryder Cup people because I, I moved and I had to uh, change addresses and they were really nice, but it, it seemed like it's going to be, you know, full steam ahead, uh, spectators and everything wow. at, at the not, Ryder Cup. Not so going to limit the f amount of people showing up, right? That they don't seem like they're going to limit the number of people showing up, so... Uh, I wonder how many Europeans will show up. I mean, things are opening up all over the place, so... That's a good question. Whether whether the, whether it's going to be so hard for say somebody from France or Germany to get yeah, here, yeah. that uh, the attendance will be will be lower. I mean, that's part of the beauty of it is is the international crowd, right? It, it is. Yeah, it is. Well, anyway, uh, the Anchor uh, platform is really easy. You can download it. It's free. Uh, they distribute your podcast for free, and uh, you can go to. Uh, uh, Anchor.fm uh, or, or the Anchor app on, on any smartphone platform and download it and start doing something like this like we are. Yeah, it's About fine. a passion of ours. Yep. All right. Well, uh, boy, it was an interesting week this week. Yeah, what an interesting week. I mean, they're all becoming interesting around here with golf. <laughs> who, who, had, who had the worst week? Lexi Thompson or John Rahm? <laughs> Both. John Rahm. Yeah, I don't think Lexi Thompson lost a million seven hundred thousand dollars and being probably number one in the FedEx Cup, yeah. number one in the world. world. Yeah, tough week for Rom. We'll talk about let's talk about that a, a little later. Yeah, um, Lexi Thompson, you know, really the is Lexi Thompson still the top American woman golfer? Or I don't think so. I, I, I guess is the um, the younger quarter kid. Yeah. I don't think the older one, Jessica's not higher ranked. I think her sister's higher ranked. Nellie didn't make the cut, cut this week. She was eleven over. Yeah, she missed the cut at eleven or twelve over. Well, that's a tough course. It's a tough course, uh, but Lexi Thompson, who at one point, I mean, she was, she and Stacy Lewis were the top American women's golfers Definitely. for for a long time, but uh, she really collapsed today. There hasn't been a, Americans haven't been in contention for a major in. in several When's the years. last American? Well, last year uh, Nellie Corder was in, you know, at the ANA Inspiration. I think she was up there, but she ended up losing in the playoff. But Americans haven't won a major in a long time in the women's. On the LPGA, I think. It's oh, this is the, yeah, the youngest, or she's a 19-year-old? 19-year-old. She's half Japanese, half Filipino. So well, she's definitely going to make the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, how many Filipino women golfers are there? Who, who would she play for, Japan or the Philippines? That's a good question. I think she's going to play for the Philippines. On the flag, it said Japan, but, but uh, yeah. you never know. I mean, would she make it as a Japanese golfer? I'm sure after she won the After she won the Open, won the yeah, it gets all the points. Yeah. Uh, the European Open tournament hasn't completed yet. There must be rain in Hamburg. Yeah, it was really rained. It got rained out. The first day, I think it was rained out. So of, of kind of, you know, the big name players, Paul Casey was in that tournament. And he is currently, after two out of three rounds, he's tied 19. 
and uh, amongst other guys who were in potential Ryder Cup position, uh, Bernd Biesberger, not having a good week coming off of last week's win. He's tied 46th. It's interesting Paul Casey would play there. Maybe he got some per- money to show up for that tournament. It's interesting to play a couple weeks before the U.S. Open, right? I thought he might be the, the defending champion. Is he the defending champion? I, I thought I heard that. On the, oh, okay, on maybe the that's why. Because he wouldn't just show up for that tournament a couple weeks before the European. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's not like it's a major... Yeah, it's not. Yeah, he may have. Uh, you know, you know how it is. He may have a sponsorship of course. Probably right, and that would and compel him, him to. Come. to sh- yeah, of course. But of course, the uh, beautiful country of Germany. The the uh, hi Jill, uh, our, our German friend Jill. <laughs> hi Jill, yes. Who's from the no, beautiful city lovely. of Cologne? Yeah. She's lovely, 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 lovely Jill. Um, and uh, but the big tournament of the well, I guess the U.S. Women's Open may be the big tournament of the week. But the Memorial is an invitational, and there's really you know a couple of those kind of elevated tournaments: yeah. Bay Hill Memorial and, and Torrey Pines. Hell, I mean, uh, Tiger has won that thing more than anything. Any, I mean, I thought John Rahm would be the next one to continue to win that, but I guess after this week, no. But it's a great tournament. Mm-hmm. Tiger's Rahm. won like six times, right? John Rahm, t- yeah, Tiger, I think he's five, five times. Yeah, he's. Uh, but John Rahm was, he boat raced the field. He, he, had, boat, I he had watched, a seven-stroke lead. I watched six, six strokes after Saturday. I watched almost every hole on Saturday, and he was amazing. It was one of the best rounds of golf on a really tough course. Yeah, beautiful round of golf. And that course has gotten a lot tougher. I mean, Jack, I mean, they did all those, they did everything to this course after year in a year, right? And they had it after last year. They started doing everything to the course, renovating the course. Right. They and had two tournaments there. They had, they had consecutive that's weeks. That's right. They, they had played consecutive the work weeks. day there, yep. which Colin Morikawa won. Won. And then... Did he win in a playoff against Justin Thomas, right? He won in a playoff against Justin Thomas. That's right. And then, and then John Rahm won, won the next week. Yeah, he was going to be back-to-back winners of that tournament. I mean, barring a collapsible fa- failure on... Yes, today, but he didn't even get an opportunity to do it, so... So, uh... On uh, it, uh, Patrick Cantlay uh, got a birdie late to uh, on 17 to tie Colin Mar- Morikawa. Morikawa made a clutch par putt on 17. Wow! And uh, um, then they, you know, they both made it through. Made it through 18, and uh, on the first playoff hole, boy. You know, Colin Morikawa striped his tee shot. Patrick Cantlay again flared it out, but they both. Um, were were uh, well. Patrick Cantley was in the bunker, and okay. Colin Morikawa was in thick rough, and Cantley, you know, got up and down from there, huh? And Morikawa doesn't. Wow. Uh, so Cantley wins. That will will have major implications for Ryder Cup standing. Yeah. I mean, Morikawa, he's like, I mean, he's going to be an Olympic team, and man, he's he's keeps moving up in points, right? I mean, yep. he's faring well in all these tur- in all these tournaments. But it's hard. We'll talk about the Rom thing later, but I mean Rom won the tournament. Rom was going to win the tournament. I mean tournament. these guys finished at 13. Rom was at 18. Yeah. He wasn't going to finish 5 over par. You know another thing too. Did you see the way they told him? That's kind of weird the tour told him and, and after he walks off the green, wouldn't you let him get the scores 10 and tell him? You would think so. You'd think you'd give him some privacy. Yeah, it was kind of odd. His response was so classy though. It was really a classy response. Well, we'll, we'll get vaccinated. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um Scotty Scheffler, another fine, uh, another fine performance. He bogeyed eighteen to kind of take himself out of contention, but he finishes at eleven under. Uh, Brandon Grace continues he's, his. He's playing good well, form. isn't he? Uh, he finishes ten under, uh, solo fourth. Patrick Reed, solo fifth, fifth. played well on the weekend. Uh, and Shane Lowry made it. 
the, the three guys are tied for six. Max Homa, who's having a great having year. Having a great year. Shane Lowry having a great year. And, and where was where's Jimmy Walker been? I don't, where's he been? I mean, he has, he's he Lyme's disease. Wow. Uh, tied ninth, Aaron Wise, who seems to be playing he's better. He's playing better. And Siwoo Kim. And then we have a Ricky Fowler sighting. He played pretty well at the PGA. He's starting and to play well again. Tied 11 again uh, here. He, was, he had it to six under and then went in the water on one of the par threes. Shoffley was tied at six with Ricky Fowler. Shoffley was disappointing yesterday. Um, and, then, and then from there. Okay, let's go over our standings, and then we'll get, we'll get uh, uh, Bill in here. Uh, for the Ryder Cup standings, this is uh, after Colonial last week. On the U.S. team, we have DJ still in first. Not a lot of movement until you get to the second six. So DJ in first, Bryson second, JT third, Kepka. Colin Morikawa and Shoffley. Those are the guys who have guaranteed positions. Um, and obviously Morikawa with a good finish, probably a move up. Move up, yeah. Now in the second six, we had Patrick Reed, another good finish. He may move past Shoffley. Uh, Tony Finau, who was mediocre this week. Um, yeah, he hasn't been playing well recently. Well, he finished tied 32nd. Uh, Jordan Spieth finished tied 18th, uh, one under par. Okay. Uh, Daniel Berger, I don't think Daniel Berger was playing this week. Uh, Webb Simpson... And Billy Horschel, who, who uh, made the cut, but was 67th out of 68. Wow. Shot 82 yesterday. He shot 82? He, he, he hit it all over the place yesterday. So, number 13, if, if we remember Jason Kokrak won last week yeah. uh, at Colonial. He had moved up all the way to, to 13th, first position wow. out. Um, just if you, if Captain Steve Stricker went by points. But 14th coming into this week was... Patrick Cantlay. So, so he's going to move up. I mean, he's going to get what? He probably won't move into the top six, but he's going to move into the top 12. Because he'll get, he won't get 40-some hundred points because it's not a major, but he'll, yeah, he'll probably get, get 20-some, yeah. 2,500. Wow. So he'll, he'll certainly move up into that wow. top 12. That'll be great. Um, Harris English, Scotty Scheffler was in 16th, and he'll probably move up as well off a third-place finish. Third place finish. Phil Mickelson, uh, Sam Burns, who was back playing this week, he had been he had got injured at the yeah. PGA. Uh, Will Zalatoris, Max Homa was twentieth going into this week. He'll move up we'll a little bit probably. Really. Gary Woodland, Ryan Palmer, Matthew Wolf, Charlie Hoffman, Kevin Kisner, Kevin Na, Brian Harmon, Stuart Sink, and then I always bring it down to Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar, I tell you, I tell you, you look at those top people on this list. I mean, it's going to be hard to pick someone outside of that if you're in that seventeen. Uh, if you're in that. 14, 15 to 20. It's going to be hard to make it unless you have some stellar tournaments from here. Well, I think at the end of this week, Cantley will move up into the top 12 and Horschel will move out. Yeah. I don't know that Scheffler will move into the top 12. If you had a choice between Scheffler and... If you had to choose Scheffler or Horschel, who would you choose? Scheffler. Yeah. But I, I, think, I think those top 12 with Cantley in and Horschel out, I think that might be your best 12. That might be the best 12. With Scheffler and Webb Simpson... You know, or Daniel Berger being kind of your your your. Who would you take, flex. Berger, Scheffler, or Webb? Berger. You Berger. think? I think Berger's tough. I think he's mentally tough. Yeah. Yeah. So for the European team, uh, as you know, we have that we have that system where they have world points and and European points. The the European points stay the same. Rom, Fleetwood, Hatton, and McElroy are the top four. Uh, then when we add the next guys from World Points, Victor Hovland remains okay. in would be fifth position. Paul Casey sixth, uh, Lee Westwood seventh, Matthew Fitzpatrick eighth, and uh, Victor Perez ninth. The top nine, nine guy, yeah. are, are automatic picks. 
Then you have Shane Lowry had another good week. I think, you know, Shane Lowry has been moving up. I think he may. I think he's going to get Perez. It. I think so. He deserves it after winning the. Open. And Perez hasn't been playing very. I mean, does, has he been playing much in European Tour? I haven't seen him out there. Haven't haven't seen his name lately. Yeah. Uh, so the three that would be you know in point position for captain's pick are Shane Lowry, Vern Beesberger, who won last week, and and Justin Rose. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rose and Lowry are definitely going to make that. Team. I think so. They have to. Robert McIntyre has now fallen out of the top 12, as has Danny Willett. Yeah. They're 13th and 14th. Sergio's in 15th. El Nino will, he'll make it. He'll make all it. Time, he's all time. He's going to, yeah. Uh, Even if he's playing sh- not too well, he's still going to make it. The guy who's kind of coming up, chugging up from behind is, is Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter's playing well, Ian yeah. Poulter, uh, he's 17th consistent. right now. He's been very consistent this year. 17th in, in the standings, you know. Yeah. Hard Do you numbers. take him over Sergio? Uh, no, not over Sergio, but I take... Ian Poulter over Bernd Beesberger. Yeah, I think you have the to. The question would be, would you take Poulter over Justin Rose? That's a tough one. That's a real tough one. That's a tough I one. I mean, if Rose isn't playing the form, I think you take, I think you take, um, I think you have to take another, the other player. I think you do, right? Uh, and Poulter. take been, Poulter. He's been great. He's been great. Um, after Poulter is, is Matt Wallace, who, who did miss the cut this week. Uh, Fitzpatrick missed the cut as well. Okay. Uh, and uh, going down some of, some of the regulars, Cabrera Bayos in 20th, Graham McDowell 21st, Henrik Stenson um, 24th, and the captain, Patrick Harrington in 25th. He's almost as good as all. <laughs> but I tell you, I mean, those guys, Stenson, probably not going to make it this year. Probably not. He probably. Has to, ba- Bayos, probably not going to make it. They, they're going to have to win some tournaments. They're going to have to get up. In they're going to have to, win. yeah. Um, Consistently. Not a lot of change on the international side. For, for the week for the for the President's Cup uh, Hideki uh, Joaquin Neiman Cameron Smith Abraham Anser Louis Oosthuizen has moved up into better yeah. position he's been playing well lately didn't, didn't do much this week uh, uh, M uh, in sixth uh, Corey Connors Carlos Ortiz and Christian Bezadenheit and I don't think that's gonna, that group's going to change very much going into next year I think these guys are well, I think the Australians will, you know, they're going to take some Australians. Yeah, they'll the Australians will move up. Yeah. Garrett Higo, Siwoo Kim, who played well this week, he'll move up, and K.H. Lee. And then, you know, amongst the rest, uh, you know, Mark Leishman is still in 17th. Uh, Brendan Grace played great this week. He's going to keep moving up. He's 26th. And then, you know, the, the veterans of the team, Schwarzel, uh, Day, and Adam Scott are 35th, 30, 34th, 35th, and 37th. I mean, those guys, I mean, it, it is next year, but those guys are going to have to win some tournaments. Day is going to have to play better. He didn't even call, he's not even qualifying for U.S. Open. Glad he to make some money for his sponsor. Yeah, it's amazing. The U.S. President's Cup, uh, for the most part, similar with the exception we talk about it. For some reason, they don't like Brooks Kepka. He's 23rd. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Bryson DeChambeau's a sponsor I mean, of the thing. You gotta say that's the funniest thing. I listen to all those tapes. That's the funniest thing, those two going back and forth. People calling him Brooksy. People and calling all Bryson and, Brooksy. And did you see uh, uh, Brooks made a commercial? Michelobi gave five cases away to any guys that got kicked out or whatever. I saw that. It's a weird. Weird. Um, weird. But for the most part, the only the only guy who would be in position to be in the President's Cup team right now, who wouldn't be in Ryder Cup position, is uh, uh, Harris English, uh, who would be ninth for, wow. for some reason. But I, I don't know how that adds up. I don't know how that's either. Patrick Cantley was 11th coming into this week, and he'll, he'll move up. So uh, the, big, the big movers, Jason Kokrak, yeah. he's 13th on the European Tour. 
uh, Shane Lowry moving up, and on the international side, Louis Oosthuizen moving up. I mean, see what can. Jason Kolkrak, I mean, he has a legitimate chance shot. He really does to make this team. I mean, how many more tournaments are we going? I mean, they go through the end of the year, right? Yeah, they, go so, through, they go through the playoffs. To, yeah, the tour championship. Yeah. They, they stop at the tour championship, right? The selections are after the tour championship or before? I don't remember. I don't know if it's going to be before the tour championship or the week before. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, let's hope. All right. We're going to get, we're going to get uh, Bill Dubinsky uh, on here in a it. second. Hold so uh, we're back again, and this time uh, we have with us a, uh, a special guest uh, who I hope will, will be a special guest multiple times over the course of this podcast. This is uh, the former voice of Harvard Hockey, Bill Dubinsky, uh, and uh, a former almost Harvard golf player, just like I was a former almost uh, tennis player, right? <laughs> Long, long enough to, to, to hold on to the bag until I got cut every year. <laughs> That's exactly. I, I always say that I was on the team long enough until they had to issue me a uniform. <laughs> in which case, they were like, yeah, he's not worth it. Couldn't get that Harvard uh, tennis bag, huh? I finally got... Did, did, did you ever get one of those varsity, those varsity uh, 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 Harvard Radcliffe athletic sweatshirts that everybody who actually earned one wore around campus? Absolutely not. <laughs> so I didn't do it until until like this last uh, the last time they offered it. I got one. So you know, I figure I figure at this point since I'm still playing tennis every week and I still play pretty good, I can beat some of those guys now who kicked my ass uh, when we went to school. So maybe maybe I deserve to wear it now. That's great. Well, uh, we talked a little bit before, but but I wanted to get Bill's perspective. So, uh, you know, anybody who follows golf knows the the, the very strange circumstances that happened this week with uh, uh, with John Rom, and uh, John Rom having tested positive for COVID after the completion of the second round. Uh, but it took until after the completion of the third round for them to notify him. So he goes out, shoots the round of his life, shoots an eight under round at Memorial. Amazing. And then he's and then he has to withdraw. Yeah, I don't. I understand the pro. I, I just the way they did it. I didn't like the way they did it. it but the pro. It's all. This has been a rule. This is a rule, right? So with the PGA throughout this whole COVID. Uh, pandemic, so it's the right decision, but I don't like how they told him about it. What do you think, Bill? Well, I I guess the piece I'm missing is I don't know exactly when they had the information, and let's let's say that they had the information at the very beginning of the round. For to go out there at that point might have disturbed his playing partners, but on the other hand, um, you know now now they were exposed. So yeah, there's just no good solutions. So, so one thing, you know, nobody said who's uh, um, vaccinated and not, but we can assume that John Rahm was not vaccinated because the PGA door came out and said that had he been vaccinated, he would not have had to go into this protocol for contact tracing. Scheffler and Cantlay have both come out and say they don't care because they both have COVID and they figure they have antibodies and aren't worried about it. Hmm. You know, I, I, 
I think one of the interesting things here is this is the number three guy in the world, former number one. This is not going to not it's not going to side put him on the side for very long. Uh, he'll recover. He's 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 a proven pro. You can only imagine somebody who this was their first time in this sort of position what it would do to them. Absolutely, yeah. He's had a bunch of number of big wins, and, he, and like you said, he is a top player in the world. Just get a vaccination. <laughs> I mean, <Yeah>. geez. <laughs> just get vaccinated. Like, what's the deal? I don't. He think has a John, young daughter. I don't think John Rahm has a medical contraindication <laughs> to a to a COVID vaccine. Oh, maybe a little belly, but <laughs> a little. Belly. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about belly. Um, but apparently, he will be eligible. He's has to. He has to quarantine oh, for ten right. days. Which puts him to the Tuesday of, of the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. So. so there's no prepping, pretty much, for the U.S. Open. That's going to be a tough course. I bet the rough's going to be thicker this year, this week, next week, or well, two weeks from now than it was at Jack's tournament. Oh my gosh! And the rough was awful. It was this awful. Week. Yeah. Well, we we brought Bill on, uh, and I'm going to shut up for the rest of this for the rest of this podcast. No, you will have to comment on some of these courses because you've actually seen. To, to, to talk about to talk about some of the you know great courses and what you know things like what would make a great Ryder Cup course. I mean, there's so many beautiful courses out there, uh, but not all of them would be ideal for for the Ryder Cup in the U.S. Uh, and if you guys want to talk about Europe, maybe we can do that another day. Yeah. But uh, there are obviously different criteria. I'll start here asking you guys: there are different criteria for what makes a good course for the U.S. team versus what makes a good course. For the European team, and why don't you guys, you know, Stacy, start comment well, on that? I mean, you know how what I think about this. I think the European courses they make them narrow, they make them tight, and, and you know, there's rough. But the U.S. courses we use it, it's like bombers. We want it to be open, and guys can bomb the ball, right? And I think that really affects our players when we go to Europe and play because the courses are totally different. And that's just my. I I think you and I talk talked about it a number of times, right, Rich? That's typically how it is for both European courses and American courses, right? Does that does that are there certain American courses then that that kind of rules out that that wouldn't be good selections for a Ryder Cup? Yeah, maybe a course like today's course, like uh, Jack's new course. I think you could rule that course out. I mean, if you think about other places in America, yeah, it's hard. I mean. I don't know, Bill. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think, like, this week's a memorial. I don't think that's a great course. Firestone's probably not another good course that Americans would choose for a Ryder Cup. Well, I I, I think it, it depends on who your team is at the time to, to a certain extent and and also uh, the, the number of the European players that are, that are playing U.S. all the time. So if, if you have more of a split on their side, then I think what you're saying makes a, a, lot, a lot of sense. But, um, you know, there certainly is, a, is a, if you can find a course that, that hasn't been played in a while, um, that has a lot of risk reward that some of the American players are familiar with, I think that's a, that's a winner. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I, I mean, nowadays with all of our guys, they're all big hitters, right? I mean, you, Rich, look at the top 10 guys. I mean, Mark Hart's probably the... Not he doesn't drive. Cantley doesn't drive it that far. That he's not a. Cantley's not. I, I he's average, Cantley, right? Two ninety or. Cantley was three hundred four this week. Morikawa was two eighty two eighty three. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't call Berger and Simpson big hitters. Not big hitters at all. Um, is Billy Horschel? He's kind of intermediate. I think Billy. What do you think, Bill? Billy Horschel probably drives an average on what two eighty five, two ninety. His stats probably during the course of a tournament. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the guys at the top are DJ, Bryson, JT, Kepka. Those are big hitters. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, Patrick Reed. So, so are Rom and, and Rory. Yeah, Rom and Rory are big hitters. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For sure. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, Rich, if you think about the course in France, Le Colonial, I mean, that course was tight. That I mean, was tight, and the rough was so good. the rough was so... And we didn't play well. I mean, we got boat raced by a lot of, a lot of those run matches, but... We did not play well, and I think it was the course. I think it was a course they hadn't played before. A lot of American kids, guys didn't travel to play the course, and I don't think they understood the difficulty of it. I think a, a lot of the points of that course that were risk-reward shots where, where the risk didn't, gener- didn't justify the reward, and our guys were going for the risk, and their guys were not. Right, yeah, absolutely. And I think they had an advantage, right, because that course is in – it's a, tip, it's a PGH a, – a, a European Tour stop, right, uh, the course in France. Correct. So – well, talk about uh, Bill. Talk talk about a course. You know, give us a course that you think would be fantastic for the Ryder Cup. Well, I I mean I there are court, uh, maybe this is a point to start, which is I think um, access is important and and having the fans there. And there's certain courses that that are Walker Cup type courses that are just much harder to make work for the Ryder Cup, and unless you want to do it like a more of a COVID style with fewer fans around. And, you know, the, by far the, the place that, that that you would want to use if you could is, is Pine Valley. Yeah. Um, and, and that just is, uh, they have, they have one amateur term, tournament a year that outsiders can come watch. And it's just, it's not, I don't see that as, as viable. So if you hold something like that to, to the side, I mean, one, one that, that w- was on the, uh, actually the LPGA recently was, was Shadow Creek. So that's yeah, an that's idea. Right. Shadow Creek. What? Well, yeah. That's a great, that's a great selection actually. Cause it, it played hard. That was a tough course. I mean, it played and it was beautiful. What a great course there. But I think you're right. I think Pine. I was going to ask you that because I was looking at the top. I have a list right here of the top 100 courses in, in the U.S. and obviously Pine Valley's number one. But like you said, they only have one tournament a year. What tournament is that? Is that the AM for the state? Is that the state AM they have? Well, I, I I've never been. I've, I've been meaning to go because I do live in New Jersey, and it's it's called I think the Crump Amateur, oh. and I don't know history of it but but they've been playing it for quite a while wow. so we actually have stacy we can bring him on a future if we want to talk yeah. about pine valley we have our friend uh, gay davis uh who is one of the top senior yeah, amateurs in the country uh, i know he's played pine we valley should definitely hook him up with, with bill yeah because he because he takes a group of guys there every year and you should we should definitely hook you up with him that'd be great and maybe you could join that group of guys and go play pine valley that might be a good way in. Our friend Gay, he's he's in his early seventies, and and he's definitely someone who can shoot his age. He can shoot his age, yeah. On good courses. So let me ask you this, Bill. So based on this, right? If you had, I guess, another go in a different direction. If you had to take the top, I mean, what about Cypress Point? Would that be a course that you think they would consider hosting a Ryder Cup, or because of access? I mean, the thing about Cypress Point, and I don't know the exact logistics of getting the people in there, but. But it was they used to use it as one of the courses for um, the uh, for, for the Bing Crosby or, or the AT and T, yeah. right? So it used to be that that they used Cypress and um, and Spyglass and Pebble Beach. So I, I you'd have to think they can do it, and they are going to use it for, for the um, for the Walker Cup. Um, the Walker Cup, they they had Seminole this year. It's it, uh, the old course, and then they're bringing it back to 
to Cyprus. So, so maybe you know, maybe they could, and that would be uh, obviously great for TV and and uh, a wonderful court. Have you played there? I I have not. I've played Spyglass and I played played Pebble. Yeah, I love Spyglass and Pebble and Spanish Bay. Those are some of my favorite places up there. I I love playing those those courses. Spyglass is by far the hardest course. It is such a tough course. What about yeah. Bill? What do you think about the National Golf Links of America? Have you played there in Hampton? I, I haven't, and you know, I I think the, the there there are so many courses in the New York New Jersey area, and and you know, Shinnecock's always going to be used yeah. for the for the U.S. Open. It seems to be permanent staple, and and courses that are close to. Close to there, 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 there are five outstanding courses, but they do have similar characteristics to Shinnecock in some cases. I mean, right? Well, I, plus, after they're going to Bethpage Black, it's not like they're going to come back to New York, yeah. you know, after Congressional, which is the last one that they've announced. Yeah. You know, they, they do want to, they do need to mix it up a little I bit think so. geographically. I think so. Bill, what do you think about uh, Beth Page? I mean, have you you played there? Obviously, I would assume. Being- I, 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 I've played the other courses there. I haven't played the black course, but I, I was there for both the U.S. Opens there. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a, that's a really good course. I mean, how would it compare to some of the other courses? It's, it, the, the access for the fans is great. Okay, so that's that's a plus, and it's all about the condition and and the, the time of year mm-hmm. and keeping keeping those courses in, in great condition you, you're depending on the weather but um, in, you're, you've got to take it out of play a little bit yeah. also to make it uh, of, of that standard yeah and especially if it's in September like it's September always so then a lot of they're not going to have a lot of summer play then they lose revenue and then they have and get, like you said the weather changes it can change quickly so then what happens? You're you're absolutely right about that. Tell me what what other what courses have you played that are Ryder Cup courses that you think are the best? You know, if you and you can include Europe or you can uh, the America. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I have actually played Old Orson a few times, yeah. which was the '71, um, the venue for the '71 Ryder Cup, okay. and and when I played it, it, it was not in um, not in the type of condition they'd have it in for a tournament and that that really it, it again the, there are certain parts of the country where the courses are, are more designed for spring because they can't keep the fairways so well and then maybe they come back in late September and October and then you know Bell Reeve or an old horse and that's just it's, it's very hard even with the, all the advances in in, in uh, turf to, to make it work um, consistently for for say early September. Have you? Um, I, I yeah. The old course is one thing funny about the old course on Sundays they make it a walking course, so the course is kind of closed on Sundays I think, and they have it walk just people walking all over the course. And I was like, man, this is great. This is wild. They charge you three hundred bucks, three seventy to play that place, and they let people walk all day. It's like it becomes a walking track on Sundays. I thought it was quite no. funny at the old course. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, one, one that I one one that I've seen in both really good conditions. Bad conditions is Scott Hill, number four, which what used to be where they played the Western Open. Yes. Um, you know that that might be an interesting one because it's 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 tough. It's interesting. Um, it's it's certainly not in the top five courses in in the in Illinois, but it's 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 a really first class course. And some of the some of the other top ones in Illinois are uh, you know probably aren't an option. Yeah. 
There's there's one in Gurney. I, I, they had a ladies open there. I think that that's a really nice place. Lake Forest, somewhere. It's not Lake Forest, but it's in yeah. Gurney. I think they had a they had a women's open a number of years ago there. I really think it would be an advantage to have one of these courses which is not on the regular rotation. Where I, you know, of course, the European guys, you know, probably you know half to to, to three quarters of them live over here, but some of them don't. To have a course that that the American players are just more familiar with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, but, you can't say that. You can't necessarily say that about, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, Quail Hollow or even Whistling Straits. I mean, Whistling Straits, there have been so many big tournaments played at Whistling Straits over the years. Hazeltine kind of was because yeah. Hazeltine is no longer in a rotation. Same. Like, a, um, I think you're right. I think that we I think we should maybe take the President's Cup and try some of the, the, the newer courses that both American and the, and the foreign players aren't used to. Right. The international players aren't used to. I think it would be great. I mean, what about Sand Hills? I mean, that's a great place. I've never played there, but I hear that's a beautiful place. I mean, that might be a nice place to go. Aaron Hills might be another great place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think those are yeah, all nice places. Another option is, is to do what they do with a course like um, Brookline, where they combine different courses to make a championship course. So you could take, um, and I'm not sure what the routings would be exactly, but you, you, you could do something like take the two courses at the Broadmoor, the, not the, the three there, um, but take the two that are closer to the resort and combine them into something that's that's of the quality of, of today's pros. Yeah. And that'd be a great place to have a tournament out in uh, Colorado. It'd be fantastic. I mean, it, it's almost like it's, it would be logical to, to pick a Ryder Cup tournament. Um, you, you couldn't, you know... The seasons would be sort of tough for Arizona, but to put something in Colorado, yeah. they are the U.S. Amateur at Cherry Hill, so yeah. who knows? Which is a Maybe great course, Cherry Hill. Wow, what a beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, what about out west? Do you think, I mean, except for Pebble Beach, but otherwise, I mean, what do you think about having a, what do you even think about having a big tournament at, at Bandon? Bill, you've been there a number of times. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think certainly they, they did the U.S. Amateur there. It's yeah. a big success. It's a it's a, a wonderful wonderful place. Um, and and then really the question is, can you get the fans there? That yeah. same sort of thing. Would you want to do um, on the uh, on on the uh, European side? Would you want to do Royal Dornick or, or Royal County Down? Yeah. Um, you know, or or even Valley Bunyan. Um, the, those those are just very remote and tough to, to put people up, and and I think Bandon unfortunately has some of the same challenges. But you know, an idea would be to pick uh, a, a course in Hawaii if that wasn't too much of a problem for the for the TV for the Europeans. Yeah, yeah, there's so many beautiful courses in Hawaii. There are a lot of good beautiful courses in Hawaii. And, you know, it's in September, so it's not going to be. It's, you know, it's really, is there any place in September? Is it still too hot and like? Phoenix to play in September. I think it's. I think the weather's great there at that time of the year. It's starting to cool down. I mean, you may have some days in hundred, hundred degrees or ni- high nineties, but I think it's a great opportunity to showcase some of those courses in Arizona. I think the only place you can't play in September would be Florida or Puerto Rico because of hurricane season. That's true. That is true. I mean, I, I, I'm all. I think they one of these days they're going to have to give it to one of these. Uh, you know. They're gonna to have to give it to Bandon or other courses that he's built now. You know, Sand. I think he's he built Sand Valley. Those two courses mm-hmm. up there. I haven't been there. Have you Have you uh, been there, Bill? No, I I haven't. No. In Nova Scotia, they have those two nice courses. He just built up in Nova Scotia too. 
It's very yeah. remote, but I'd love to go there as well. I mean, I think we have to look at some different places to put for the U.S. team. Because not going, mm-hmm. continue to go back to the same venues. It gets a little boring, I think. It gets a little stale. It, and especially if you're like big fans, like, like the two of us, we go to these things. So, man, I like going to new places. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's the great I thing. About- I think you're going to be in, a, in, in for a treat if you go to Adair Manor. Um, that is a course that I have played. And it's been, the course has been renovated about four times. It's oh, a spectacular wow. property. And from what I understand, the most recent renovation, it's, it'll, it's just going to be great. Wow, that's awesome. What's the, what's the best course you've played, uh, the, your favorite course, uh course in Europe? That, I mean, if you had to take, have you played Royal Birkdale? No, I haven't. Okay. No, so I've, I've mainly played Scotland, Ireland, and then Portugal. Um, I've played a couple courses in Portugal, but I think there's some new courses in Portugal that, that might merit, um, you know, might merit consideration. And, and I don't think the Ryder Cup has ever been to Portugal. Yeah, that's true. And, they, and, and where they play the European stop in Portugal, a couple of those, cor- one course there is absolutely gorgeous. Well, I mean, you know, absolutely gorgeous. So that would be a great idea. I think the, the problem is, you know, who's the best Portuguese golfer of all time? I, 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 yep. I would imagine the people playing golf in Portugal are mostly the British tourists because the British, uh, you know, flock to Portugal. Germans too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to justify if there are never any Portuguese golfers. Because um, even, even in France, I mean, there were no, there were no Frenchmen on the no. team. But Buisson had played. Victor Perez is close this year. There have been some good French golfers. I mean, the Italy. They, I mean, obviously they're going to Italy. They have some pretty good Italian players. Right. Well, there's the the Molinari. Yeah. You, know, you have your major, and you know, over the years, guys like Constantino Rocca, yeah. and, and uh, you know, now that you have the Migliozzi he should have won that tournament, kid, by who's, the way. who's fantastic. Constantino Rocca could have, should have won. Could have, should have won. What what do you, what do you think about uh, one of the other courses in Pinehurst as an option? Because Pinehurst number two, they're going to be familiar with it, but you've got seven, eight, and four that are all great courses. Yeah, they just redid four. I hear it's it's one of the best courses they have there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I play. I've only played. Oh man, I played a few. I played like four of the courses there. I think, and I love that place. I think you're right. That would be a great venue to go to. And like you said, you could just switch up the court. Don't play number two. Just play a different course. I think it'll be fantastic. I absolutely love that. It's spectacular uh, venue. It really it's is. A beautiful, it's a beautiful area. It's a great, easy to get to. There are lots of flights going in. You know, it's in the good part of the country. So easy, easy for the Europeans, Europeans to get to as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. What about St. Louis? Well, in, in St. Louis, um, the courses that, that, that uh, I think people know about are Belle Reve and and Old Warson and, and St. Louis Country Club, which St. Louis Country Club's too short. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful course, but it's too it's too short. Um, and and I think Belle Reve is is uh, is more appropriate for U.S. Open. So I you know there 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 is a course that where they played some senior tournaments called Boone Valley, and they played some amateur tournaments. That might be an option, but it's a little on the short side too. So the you know, the question about a, a course that's more like sixty nine hundred fifty or that maybe could be remodeled to seventy one hundred is is that enough if it creates a lot of lead changes and excitement? But you know, really, you're talking about. Uh, 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 a few more birdie holes than, than they would put on a tour event. And I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. 
Very interesting. I mean, Bell Reed is always one of my favorite courses when I watch it. I'm like, man, I love to play there. And it looks like a beautiful course. And I don't know very much about Missouri golf, which is sad. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know very much about it at all. But, you know, I'll take your there also some new. There are also some new courses um, associated with Big Cedar Lodge. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I, have, I haven't played any of those, but uh, there, there's... Uh, they're supposed to be really good. There was a match last year on on I think a Payne Stewart Memorial Course that looked that that course looked great. It looked great. It yeah, really did. I, I think maybe they should put it in Branson. <laughs> Since there's got to be a good course in Branson, I think the Europeans would come there and say, "What the hell is this place?" <laughs> What, what about uh, Bill? What about any, what about Texas? What about having a tournament in Texas? What course could you know, are there any good courses? I mean, we couldn't go. We wouldn't want to go. There to are lots of there are lots and lots of good courses yeah. in Texas, and you know, but but a lot, you know, some of them are being used. Um, there, there is. Uh, I mean, they've given the PGA to uh, uh, future PGA tournaments to um, one of them. What I'm, I'm not even familiar with. I think okay. it's. I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, I don't, uh, what. I, but TPC Frisco or something like that. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, you know, they do have a lot of PGA stop, tour stops there, so I guess they wouldn't want to have a Ryder Cup there. But, you know, if you found the right course, Texas would be a great place. It's windy. You'll get what you want. It's, it's hot. It's windy. I mean, I'm sure they can make it really challenging. So Yeah, I think the perfect Ryder Cup course for the U.S., has, again, has a lot of reasonable risk rewards. You know, it's going to be a par 72. It's going to have... 300 yards, maybe. It's going to have some really, really hard par threes and yeah. par fours, but it's also going to have some drivable par fours. Yeah. That's true. But I don't know. So, I, I mean, that's that's a good question because we're, based on that top 100 list, what would you say? I mean, you think about it. Look at those courses. I, you know. Yeah. I, have I we had one at, I mean, Torrey's a great place, but we're having the U.S. Open there. So, I mean, I, I, I think that's a fantastic course, both north and south. I, I think those courses are amazing. Have you, Bill? Have you had a chance to play uh, Tory? No, okay. I haven't. Yeah, that's a good spot. What's Fisher's Island? This is ranked. Uh, Did they have a U.S. Open? Uh, yeah, stuff so there? so yeah, you know, Maidenstone, Fisher Island, National Golf Links, yeah. Saponic, Friars. Like there, there are an endless number of, 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 of endless, but I mean, there there must be ten courses in in the New York area that merit consideration and the question is you know which one which ones would you add to i mean you could go to the other uh course at baltus Rawl oh, because yeah. they you know because they're they, they they've mostly played major tournaments on the one but you could go to the other or do a composite course there's quaker ridge which is right near wingfoot you could you've got the other wingfoot course so, there's so um, many good courses in that area. Called, uh, there, there are about three that are on the New York side of the Hudson that are really great: Hudson National, National um, Sleepy Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. So it just goes on and on. Well, what we do know is that unless you know, unless there's an act of God like last year in two, in 2025, we'll be out at will we be out at your place to go to Bethpage definitely. for the Ryder Cup? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank awesome. you. Thank you very much for, for coming. We're gonna have to. Get, you had some great ideas. Um, so, uh, including there was there was. I, I love the idea you have talking about um, chemistry versus analytics. Yeah. Um, 
And we'll have to get you back on and talk about that, uh, you know, sometime before the Ryder Cup. Absolutely. And that's a great point you bring up, too. I was listening to Jack Nicholas during the tournament, and they asked him, when you redid this course, did you think about all these new analytics, strokes gain or whatever? He goes, no, I didn't even think about it. He, and then he <laughs> says, I, did, I didn't even think about it. Then he goes, well, you know, a little of those came to my mind. And I kind of changed some of the holes. He goes, no, it wasn't the major thing when I went, made the renovations. I wasn't thinking about those analytics. So I, I, that's a really good – I think that would be a great – uh, set, set, and we'll have a session. We'll have Bill on yeah. and join us for that. It'll be fantastic. All right. Well, everybody have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you after next next week. They're in uh, next week South Carolina. South Carolina. Instead of going to the Canadian Open because of COVID, they're going to be in in South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. And uh, week before week before the U.S. Week Open. Before the U.S. Open. So it's getting exciting. We're getting down. Starting to get down to it, Rich. All, All right. Cup. Everybody have a great week. Yeah.